Here's the snap back. Here's the kick. He's got the leg into it. If it is good, and it is! Austin Stars! A 49-yard field goal! And Indiana leads 27 to 24! Austin Indorak wants to throw it. Rolling out of the pocket to a strong hand. Delivers deep down the field. It's a three for one special. It's time to talk non con. The whole non con schedule. And this is the OEO podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bragg. You can find me on Twitter at Braggley. That's B R A G G L E Y. I'm here with my co-host, Brandon. You can find him on Twitter at Brandon Dubich. That's Brandon spelled traditionally Dubich, D-U-B-I-C-H. You know what? I should probably introduce the third member of the team. That's our producer, Seth, statistician Seth. You can find him on Twitter at, I don't even know how to say it, S-E-T-A-H-5, I think. Um, whatever that is supposed to mean. What's up, Brando? Uh, three for one special. Either get that at Mike's Car Wash or the Red Light District. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited for <laughs> we're PTs. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, excited to talk uh, three three games. I think we're gonna probably focus on one more than the other two. Um, but I'm 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 terrified. The research I did uh, on Cincinnati today. Yeah, so. we'll get into that here in just a second. Let's get a quick news update done real quick. When I wrote this out this time or the outline out this morning. I had one commit listed since the last time we spoke. That was James Mons the third. That's your boy. You want to talk a little bit? Yeah. So if, we, if you guys remember going back to our recruiting series, I said we're targeting three really good corners. Uh, Travell Mullen, Jacoby Spells, and James Mons. And I said if we get – we need to get one out of the three. If we get two out of the three – that's amazing. If we get three out of three, that's unheard of. And now we got two out of the three, um, which, which is amazing. And Jacoby spells, you know, there's, we're still recruiting him. Everything that I've read said, we have not stopped. He has not signed. Um, but let's focus on James Mons. He's built uh, a lot like Taiwan Mullen, uh, a little shorter in stature, but built like this guy can really, he's a great tackling corner. Um, he just doesn't kind of have the length and the size, um, that Jacoby spells did, but this guy really fits kind of the corners that we've had a lot of success with, um, kind of those smaller, really athletic, really physical corners. Um, he's already been bumped up to a four-star in ESPN and rivals. You got to assume 247 will be following that. Um, so he was outside of the top 500. He was like in the 600 range. Um, but I firmly believe he will probably be a top 500 kid um, when everything's all said and done there. Yeah, and he's got the the pedigree. I would say, well, the pedigree similar to the Mullins, but a little different. I mean, his dad, uncle, and cousin all played D1. Cousin played in the NFL. And he's an incredible soccer player based on some of the stats that you see, like 21 goals as a junior. I mean, that's a lot. I, I think. He's, he's very athletic, like – yeah, definitely. So uh, I had written down recruiting rumbles and then wrote a name underneath there. But since then, he has committed to our team. That is Omar Cooper. Oh, my. 
out of Lawrence Central High School or Lawrence North. Sorry, that's a that is a fine for me. Um, Lawrence North High School out of Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, he is a four star, six foot one, 185 pound wide receiver, uh, ranked 30th wide receiver in the country, fifth prospect in the state. Uh, it was really between us and those efforts at West Virginia. Um, and I, I don't think it was really that close the whole time. Um, after his visit, he was, he was pretty high on IU from there on out. So, uh, good to have him on board. I think he'll be a good difference, uh, difference maker with Macaulay if they can both get on the field at the same time again and, and create anything near what they did in high school together, um, that would be fantastic. Yeah. It was really interesting to see when he committed. Um, D, uh, he goes by DJ Moore on Twitter, uh, but demon Moore commented and said like, um, what's my next move, bro. Caden Curry uh, out of center Grove gave the big eyes. I mean, Caden Curry is getting at the likes of, like yeah, he's Alabama massive. and Clemson yeah. and, and yeah. Ohio State. So Caden Curry is still a pipe dream. But um, and then Joe Strickland uh, in Indy also um, gave a little bit of shout out. So, I mean, if we again, if we can get two out of three of those guys out of Strickland, uh, Demon and uh, and Caden Curry, um, that's that's quite the haul for the in-state. Um, Omar is absolutely huge. I mean, we said it in the preview series. It's time for me and you to fall in love with another four star a receiver coming to Indiana. That seems to happen every cycle. Um, we get really, really excited about a, about a four-star wide receiver. Um, but yeah, it really wasn't close between, I didn't know he was best friends with CJ gun. Um, who's oh, the IU basketball commit. Uh, and then obviously he played with McCulley and his parents really wanted him to go to somewhere close. So. Well, there we go. And then another small piece of news. Um, well, if you want to call it that, just a, a little cool tidbit, uh, Pro Football Focus put out their top 50 players in college football uh, for the upcoming season, and we have one. I think we should have two, but the other one can't quite stay healthy enough to make it. But uh, knock on wood, touch wood, whatever they say. Uh, number 28 in the top 50 is Taiwan Mullen. That's so crazy. Surprised by that? I'm surprised he was the one that was in the top 50. I mean, I love him and i think he is deserving but i was so thinking I, it was going to be Penix. i didn't i didn't see this list i i apologize you had it on the outline so i should have looked up this list i mean he had to be there can't be that many corners on that list so i mean he had to be like the the probably the third best corner or something um but i, I don't know that 28 seems high for him um but he deserves every bit of it i mean he's going to be a, a a low day one a high day two draft pick I'm sticking with my day one. Yeah, he's definitely fringe. I mean, definitely fringe there. Here's what they said. Um, He has inside-outside versatility and is a ferocious blitzer. Uh, When asked to rush the passer 16 times the past year, he came away with five total pressures. He also was a proud owner of the highest run defensive grade among cornerbacks since 2019. He's forced uh, 22.9 percent incompletion rate since 2019 which is the best among all power five corners um he has allowed more than 40 receiving yards to his wide receiver one time in his career with a a minimum of 15 snaps so in other words he's done so 94 percent of the time which ranks first among all fbs cornerbacks i didn't think he would like that's that's quite the resume great Yes. But I did not know he was 
that good. That's a resume for yes. sure. So, um, I got one thing more of note um, that yeah. you didn't you didn't have on there. Um, we have another recruit uh, making a selection this Friday at four o'clock. It is Bray Lynch out of Texas. Okay, yeah, he has um, this in his top five, right? He has this in the top five, and signs are blowing towards Bloomington. Mm. Um, he originally wasn't a take, um, but when he came and he visited, he really showed that he can play his um, position versatility. He can play center, guard, and tackle, and that's something that they really like. Um, and they don't feel great about. D, uh, DJ Moore, <laughs> Demon Moore coming. Um, so it's kind of one of those things like, hey, we don't know where we're at with with uh, with him. Um, we feel really good about um, Bray Lynch. So we could have our second offensive line commit. And again, getting an offensive lineman from Texas ain't bad. So yeah, anybody from Texas is fine, especially a quarterback. Yeah, so you can get a get a lineman and a quarterback from Texas in a recruiting cycle. That's pretty damn good. So. For sure. Well, let's move on to what we came here to talk about, I guess. Uh, here's the three for one, guys and girls. Non-conference. Let's talk week two, week three, week four. That's Idaho, Cincinnati, and at Western Kentucky. Uh, and just like last week, we'll do three main sections, kind of a history lesson uh, with the head-to-head Professor matchups Bragg. with those teams. What's that? Professor Bragg. Yes. And then the uh, key players for each team. Uh, we'll kind of keep that a little limited. I think Brandon's got a couple. He's so scared of Cincinnati. It's not even funny. And then uh, some key matchups for each game as well. So um, since this is a three for one and we try not to go too crazy on the length on this, uh, we will kind of try to keep it short, but we'll see. I doubt it. We'll go for like two hours probably. Um, let's get into it. All right. First game home opener. Idaho on 9-11, never forget, 8 o'clock, BTN. Talk to me about Idaho. What do you know? Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're an F- exactly. F- FCS program. We should beat them by a million. Um, yes. This game doesn't even have a, a, a line to bet. We are 99.7% by ESPN's BTI to beat them. Well, I think yeah, that's all, that's all you got to right. say. Sounds about right. History lesson, there isn't one. Uh, no previous meetings with Idaho prior to this upcoming matchup. Um, they do have really cool helmets. That's what I saw when I did some research. Um, also, they were two and four in whatever FCS schedule they had, whatever big that sky. was. Big sky. Yeah, the big sky. They do play. Um, they have a cool rivalry with Idaho State. That's called the Dome Series, which led me down a path that was nuts. Idaho State has a crazy, they play in an arena, not in a stadium or a dome. They play in an arena that they share with uh, such things as like tractor shows, uh, like monster truck shows, basketball. It's nuts. Just go down, check it out. Just Google Idaho State football. I've arena. been them in the NCAA football game. They play in Picatello, Idaho. Well, hey, look at that. You've provided something to this matchup <laughs> history lesson. Um, the next opponent will be Cincinnati. Um, odd time. It's 918 the next week. Uh, it's at noon on either ESPN or ABC. So a nationally televised game at noon against a what should be a top 10 team. They should start game at day. eight or so. Game day. 
game day. <sighs> probably. Game day. Probably. We've got to take care of business in week one and we, two first. You beat, you beat Iowa. You you lock this in because they yeah. play nobody their first two games. So Yeah, I agree. So Cincinnati, IU leads the series nine to three with two ties. Uh, last meeting was Cam Cameron, 2000. IU won 42 to six. IU's pretty much dominated them, I think, in every game that they've played um, recently. So uh, they were nine and one last year. They won the AAC and finished ranked number eight in the country. Uh, yeah, we'll get into a little bit more about their individual players and kind of their schemes and stuff a little bit later on in the next section. And Brandon will. Um, shit his pants so uh the next team on the schedule western kentucky their record last year five and seven iu is undefeated against them and they scare the living crap out of me last time we played them 2015 iu squeaked one out 38 35 nate sudfeld and jordan howard went nuts suddy had 355 yards and three touchdowns and jordan howard had 203 on the ground um this was a weird game i think Somehow we ended up at Nick's watching the end of the game. I can't remember why, but um, yeah, every time we play him, it seems to be fairly close. Yeah. It's a uh, lot of times we have to come back. Um, yeah. This was yeah. one of those. Yes. So we'll hopefully we can go there and just take care of business. They're kind of in a little bit of a shambles situation and we'll get into it here in the next section. The next section is key players. Do you have anything to add on history lesson before we move on? I do not. Okay. So keep other, other, other Well, actually I do. Western right. Kentucky, a little bit of history lesson gave us two um, horrible coaches that we've really taken advantage of. Um, oh, they gave yes, us, that's true. They give us Willie Taggart who just absolutely ruined Florida state football and has allowed us to clean up a lot of Florida state recruits. We've won a, not a lot of recruiting battles, but some key recruiting battles against Florida State and then kind of really slid into the Tampa area where Florida State used to dominate. Um, so that was big. And then obviously we know our record against Jeff Brom. So um, we do with that history lesson, we do have Western Kentucky to thank for putting these coaches on a pedestal that quite frankly, don't believe, don't, doesn't, don't deserve to be in the positions that they were or are in. Okay. And that's all I got to say. <laughs> Sorry, I just got caught up staring at Seth for a second um, <laughs> as he's throwing stuff around his basement. Um, all right, so moving on. Key players, Idaho, they have none. No offense to Idaho. I literally could not find a scouting report on your team. I could not find uh, anybody previewing your season. <laughs> I couldn't find I, I, stats I a, on your key, players. I have a key player. I have a key player. <laughs> and it's our, it's our damn fans. Pack okay. the goddamn stadium. It's a night game. No. That that's smart, I think, by them, and they did that on purpose. Now that I think about it, and yeah, because it would have been it would have been September heat. Nobody would have showed up. But I mean, we need to have a three quarters filled stadium for the first game back with all the momentum we have going on in the program. You know, there there needs to be a good 30, 35,000 people there. I think you're gonna be surprised. I looked today at season tickets, just messing around, seeing I donated some more money to this university. <sighs> um to get one more priority point um so i uh i kind of poked around a little bit on ticket sales and single game tickets and other than the candy stripe section which is like at the, the top north west corner of the stadium 
it's kind of slim pickings, man. Good. Everywhere. Good. Yeah, that was so, my own. That was my only thing. I mean, you know, uh, regardless of how the Iowa game goes, we just that's that's going to be the important thing because you know when we had games against UConn and when we had games against other FCS opponents. I mean, we're talking five thousand people are there. You know, we're also talking like noon and we're talking bad teams like we were a bad team or Correct. maybe not. But that but great. that that's my kind of key thing there is um, just pack the damn stadium. Yeah. It's a night game, night game, home opener. That's good. We should have people there. No problem. Moving on to a game that will probably be sold out. Uh, Cincinnati. I've got two key players, both of them on offense. I didn't want to read too much more because I would have ended up like you and been pulling my hair out just in pure nervousness for this game. Um, I would say Heisman candidate quarterback Desmond Ritter. I don't think so, though, based off yes, of what is. I read a lot. Yeah, he's, he's, he's top five, top seven in the country. Ooh, man, but he's a day three prospect from what I'm reading. He's too small, too skinny. Yeah. Um, 2,300 yards passing last year in a shortened season, 19 touchdowns, six interceptions. I do want to preface all of these stats for the Cincinnati people by saying they do play in the AAC, so take that for what you will. Um, other than Tulane being a pure powerhouse, and they, do they play in the AAC? Yeah, they play in the AAC, right? No, they're Conference USA. So other than Memphis – being a powerhouse there you go they don't really play anybody else so no take they, it they, how you they, will houston as well but houston's been down for a while um back to ritter real quick day three nfl prospect from what i'm reading dual threat quarterback with a live arm good throws on the run uh cons he's coming off of a shoulder injury uh and he tries to make the big play almost every time instead of just the easy throw and is really bad from what i've read on multiple sites at feeling pressure so hopefully we can get off the edge or bring mike up the middle quick and and keep him in check um because i think that's a, a major key and we may touch on that later did i write that down i did um later a little bit on so do you have another key player for cincinnati you want to yeah i'm jumping to the other side of the ball um where i think they got they got three guys who are a stud um i think it all starts with junior ahmed gardner he could be the best corner in the country. Um, he he just absolute shutdown. He's their version of Taiwan Muller. We talked or Mullen. We Mullen. We talked about the PFF top fifty list uh, statistics. Seth actually said he was number five on that list. Um, and and they have another stud on the other side who's kind of like their their Jalen Williams. Um, he had Kobe Bryant or yeah Kobe Bryant uh, C O B Y has had four interceptions last year. Um, so they got two great corners. Um, but I think the, the two that I really want to focus on are on the defensive line. They have all, um, they have all AAC uh, Majai Sanders as a defensive end. He, he just causes absolute havoc. And then they have a potential uh, NFL transfer from Virginia, uh, Jawan Briggs. Um, so they have two studs on their defensive front. They got two shutdown corners. Uh, their, their defense is, you know, legit. Sometimes with these power or group of five teams, they have really good offenses, but not really the defense to kind of slow down a power five team. Um, that is not going to be the case with Cincinnati. They got studs on both sides of the football that you need to be concerned about. 
Yeah, Ahmad Gardner, uh, three interceptions last year, six six pass deflections, 16 tackles. I mean, nothing that jumps off the page. But then again, if you're good and you play corner, you don't get any throws your way. So, um, yeah. yeah, we'll see how that plays out. Um, again, you know, Tulsa, Central Florida, Eastern, East Carolina, you know, whatever. Um, my other one I have is on the offensive side, and that's the leading receiver, which is a tight end. Um, Josh Wiley, Weil, um, led the team with, uh, 353 yards receiving and six touchdowns. Um, the reason I wrote him down, and I think we'll get to this on the next section too, is we don't fare well with playmaking tight ends. I mean, you can have a tight end. That's fine. But if he's not any good, he's not going to be good against us. If he's great, he's going to kill us. And this kid's six, seven. So he's going to be a tough matchup for whoever he gets you know, on across from him. Marcelino is so dang important against. Yeah, he's got to be there. He's got to be there. So important. So we'll see. Um, we'll see how, how he plays and, and how that turns out. So um, who else do you have on for Cincinnati? Yeah. I mean, you, you covered the offensive players, um, but they have a stud running back too. They don't, they don't run the ball that much. They're, yeah. they're, they're much more, you know, a passing offense. Um, but their running back averaged over six yards a carry when he actually did run last year. Um, so, you know, he, he looks to be an, an all conference running back potentially if he gets, if he gets enough, I mean, he ran for 600 yards, um, and 12 scores. So, um, definitely, definitely no one to take lightly. This is a pass heavy offense. Um, but you know, you got to watch out for those draws screens, things like that to get, to get that he's 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 more of a scat back type guy but yeah uh it's gonna be a hell of a game <laughs> it's game day for a reason right yeah it, it, it it's it's yeah it's gonna be tight Very well tight. let's move on to uh the other non-conference game that i the one that scares me i think the most um just because it's away and it's crazy. just one of those games it's just a trap game um western kentucky the problem with that team is that they've got a ton of transfers. I think they've lost like completely new team, 17 or 18 players or something like that. Uh, their quarterback is one of the key players. He is a transfer in from Houston Baptist. His name is Bailey Zappi. Um, listen to this in four games. He threw for 1800 yards, 15 touchdowns and one interception. Houston Baptist play. Exactly. But I think they played in this. I think they're like semi legit. I should have done my. uh, Hold on. Give me two seconds. I'll pull up their Wikipedia. I got them already. You got them already? I I think so. They're FCS. Are they? Yeah. I mean, they play like New Mexico and stuff. Who did they play last year? Who did he play? I don't see anything. That's okay. But he, I mean, it doesn't matter. That's huge. Four game, 15, 15 touchdowns, one interception. He can run a little bit. We'll see. The other, the other guy I've gotten, and I'll let you get to yours, uh, D'Angelo Malone, defensive end, 2021 preseason all-conference. Uh, last year, he was all-conference, um, Bednarek, uh, Nagurski, watch list, conference player of the year in 2019, um, 11 tackles for a loss last year, six sacks, two forced fumbles. Um, so again, take the competition for what you will, uh, but that kid's going to be a stud and is definitely an NFL prospect. Yeah. It's, it's going to test our offensive line. Right. Um, yeah. So 
the weakest part, and we've talked about it multiple times. It's definitely the weakest part of the offense. Um, hopefully has made some major step forward steps forward here with um, Zach Carpenter and, you know, another season for some of those transfers that came in last year to kind of gel in a little bit and for Bedford to get fully healthy and for Jones and, and all that. So we'll see how that plays out. Who do you have for the Hilltoppers as their um, key players? Yeah, I actually going back um, to their coach. Um, they, they do have a rising up and coming coach. Um, he From was Houston Baptist, I think. Uh, no, right? he was previously. No? So he, he was, the, he was the offensive coordinator under Jeff Brom. He then got hired as the quarterback coach at USC and then went on to be the offensive coordinator for Tennessee. And now Western Kentucky was supposed to be trash last year. He put them up with a pretty good season. So my key player is their coach. He he's, he's a rising up and comer. He's, he's been up and down through the ranks. So he'll have this team prepared. Um, I, I do think they're, they're lacking talent. They're lacking experience. Um, but again, you know, a good coach can change everything. We should know that. So that's true. That's who you have for their key players as their coach. <laughs> that's not good. Um, so key matchups. I'm not worried about this game at all. all right. I am a little bit because <laughs> it's an eight o'clock game. It's away. Yeah. It's on CBS sports. I honestly think this guy should be the next Purdue coach. Um, so. Well, we'll see what happens in this game, and then we'll nominate him for the next Purdue coach. Stop it. <laughs> uh, they're probably going to need another coach after this year anyway. So um, let's see, key matchups. Let's get into that. Uh, let's touch on the Idaho game here real quick. Uh, I only have one. It's IU versus weaker opponent, parentheses, trap game. Uh, the reason I say trap game is it, we shouldn't have a problem with this, but we're coming – going from the Idaho opener and Cincinnati and sandwich in the middle is our night game home opener against Idaho. So you just can't play down to the opponent. Just take them out right at the beginning. We should be, and I don't know what, if you've got the number, if they've dropped it yet, but I would assume somewhere between 20 and 30 point favorites. Yeah. They, there's not a number out yet. Okay. And it, then it, I, it won't be in it. They, with FCS, sometimes they don't even come out with numbers. Yeah, that's true. Um, they probably won't even put a line on it. Yeah, I'd be I'd be surprised if anything comes out there. Uh, for me, I mean, it's it's honestly value. This isn't a matchup, um, but it's value time for our backups. Um, you know, we 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 have uh, Stephen Carr, um, not Stephen Carr, but we have a lot of new players, right, that need to get some yeah. experience under their belt. Um, because, you know, the Big Ten season's a grind, and, and you can't – we've talked about it before. We, we did it heavy on the um, spring series with the players. you got to have good second and third uh, depth chart guys. And yep. this is a game right here where they're really going to be able to cut their chops on it. So if they're called upon against at Penn State, at Michigan, at Ohio State, it's these games right here that are so important. Um so that my key matchup is how, how do our backups do when, you know, they're eventually thrust into, into playing time. Um, so that's, that's what I will be watching um, when I'm at this game. Yeah. So players like what, what we mentioned, Donovan McCulley, um, uh, Jordan Williams, the wide receiver, the freshman wide receiver, um, you it's know, a lot of players I mean, like that. that those should, players are important, but I yeah. think it's more, it, it's more, 
the um, offensive line, defensive line. Yeah. I, I hate to say it. I'm scared saying this. I'm knocking what it's high injury positions, right? Yeah, true. Um, you know, the, the, the physical positions um, that, you know, you can't simulate in practice. You yeah. know, McCulley can get his reps in practice. They're wide receivers, the DBs. They can all get practice in a seven-on-seven seven setting. You really can't simulate that kind of practice um, in nowadays football. So I think it's really those kind of high contact positions um, that are going to be so important in this game. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to the big one. Uh, Cincinnati. I've got three key matchups here. Um, So do do I. My first one we had already talked about. Um, IU linebackers, Husky position versus Riddler, Wiley. Uh, You got to control Ritter. I keep wanting to say Riddler. Ritter. Got to control Ritter. Don't allow him to scramble if you can. You got to spy him the entire game, uh, which does take somebody away from the blitz or somebody away from uh, coverage. And then that the, what he does, he, that, the way he makes plays is with his feet. You keep him in the pocket, he's, he's not as effective. So keep him in the pocket. Don't allow him to scramble. We did a really good job with that outside of one play, maybe one or two plays with Justin Fields last year. So that's, that's interesting that you say that. And, and we talked about it when oh God, I'm blanking on what our D coordinator um, who just left was, but I would love to see some corner blitzes thrown at his way. Um, oh, there's, Kane Womack. There's, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll really be curious if our corner blitzes stay like they were last year or they leave with Kane Womack, because if you watch a, you know, a little bit of the film that I watched, he rolls right away. He's not yeah. one of those guys that, sits in the pocket, sits in the pocket, then rolls. They'll run bootlegs out for him. They'll run where like the, the linemen run to the side, like a design scramble. Um, so I would love to see some nickel and corner blitzes to contain uh, to Ritter. I, I didn't have that as one of my matchups, but you saying it, um, I'll be really interested to see what, what our cornerbacks do to, to, to capitalize on that. Yeah. The other bullet point I had in there was to cover Wiley while whatever. Um, which we had already talked about. So we don't need to talk about too much more. We just struggle traditionally with productive tight ends. And this kid's big six, seven built like a, a tall wide receiver. So hopefully we can take him out, be physical with him. I think that's going to really break him down from what I've seen and what I've read. So uh, what's your first bullet point on this one? Yeah. So it was funny last week when we were talking Iowa, you said you wanted them to establish the run and kind of do a, a run based um offensive game plan. And I I wanted the exact opposite. I wanted a 180, not me. I actually want the run game because I think if they can wear down their studs on the defensive line, they don't have that depth. Right. So I would like to see, instead of us getting in a shootout with an offensive fast paced game, I'd like to see this game played more in the twenties than the thirties. So I'd actually like to see more of a, you know, a lot of outs, a lot of posts, a lot of ground and pound. Um, so my, the key thing I'm watching is how our offensive line does against their defensive line to just be like, hey, we're a Big Ten team. You're a team from the freaking American. We're just going to run the ball down your throat. Um, so that, again, I'm not making up the game plan, but if I was, that would be my focus. Um, so, yeah, the key mat- first key magic I'm looking for is our offensive line versus their defensive line. Gotcha. And our offensive line is going to play a major point in my next uh, bullet point, and that's Penix versus a top 15 defense. Um, Cincinnati, as you touched on a little bit earlier, 
just to give a little bit of the stats, 2020, third in passing efficiency, eighth in scoring, third in interceptions, and 13th in total defense in the country. So um, we played some pretty good defenses last year, and he was, when healthy, he was good. I mean, the only time he wasn't really good was for three quarters against Penn State and um, the entire Maryland game. So um, I think this is going to be a true test for him. Uh, to to see what he can really do against somebody early on in the season um, without a ton of, um, ex- how do I want to say, I don't want to say season again, but seasoning, I guess, into the, the schedule and see how we can roll from there. Um, and then I've got one more after that, but I'll let you get your next one in. Yeah, so for me, um, I didn't really know how to give like a position matchup. Um, so I just kind of did like safeties. Uh, against Ritter can't give up the big plays. Um, can't, you know, can't go do an 80 yard five minute drive and then give up, you know, two plays, 75 yard touchdowns. Um, you know, you, you, you got to be able to contain the big plays. And I think that's going to be on Burgess on Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald on Matthews. Marcelino ball. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think it's our safeties really, really have to contain because that guy he'll roll out and he'll just chuck it. I mean, this guy isn't throwing laser beams seven to 15 yards. He's looking to make the 40 play bomb. He actually reminds me a lot of the Ole Miss quarterback. If we're being completely oh, honest yeah. here, yep. he, 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 that he, he isn't looking to, you know, dink and dunk you like Tom Brady. He's looking to chuck it. Um, so that's, they remind me a lot of the Ole Miss offense, actually, from last year, which is what scares me so what much. Were, what were his so. running stats like? Sorry, I'm trying to look up his stats right now, and I've got an ad playing in the background. Thanks, ESPN. Yeah, um, 600 yards and 12 scores. Yeah, so, yeah, 600 yards, 12 touch. Jeez, dude. Yeah. Are, are you scared yet? Now I am. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's kind of Ole Miss, a little bit. Good tight ends, defense outside receivers, a scat back that can make plays, and a quarterback that gets outside the pocket. I mean, he's six four. You said he's undersized. You just mean like thickness, skinny. Yeah, he's yeah. He's, he's 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 thin. Um, so. um. All right. Yeah. Now. Okay. I'm still confident. I'm still confident in that game. I mean, it's Cincinnati. So I didn't swear, by the way, do, I didn't do, say it. I didn't say you, the word. Do you have one more or not? I do. And it's us, me and you versus uh, Cincinnatians that will be in the stadium. Dude, they're going to be trash, dude. That campus stinks. Their fans seem like a lot of freaking young idiots. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to bite my tongue. Um, that was set up so well. That's exact the exact reaction I wanted from this. I just wrote, ooh, I didn't write anything down. I just knew that you hate Cincinnati so much, like the city itself. It's a shitty, man. <laughs> That's the last one I have for Cincinnati. Yeah, I kind of have one like to that, which, you know, isn't on the field, but it's it's going to be the uh, the national media versus IU. Right. You know, is are yeah. they just going to be blowing Cincinnati here and be like, this is their chance for a marquee win? So they are. They already are. So yeah. I, I, I don't want to cut you too short, but I've read one of their season previews. Oh, I, I, I don't really want to give the people credit, but I also can't remember who it was. So um, something about how Cincinnati has the chance to start hot. They've got two 
easy um, yeah. games to begin the season. And then they go to Indiana and they stay in Indiana for two weeks against us and then at Notre Dame. And they're basically what they said was that that's it. That's their season. If they win those two games and then they can run the rest of the table and they will be the first, what is it? Group of five team to make the playoff. I mean, it's a little bit of a, I mean, UCF is good. I mean, they, they went undefeated a few years ago. Um, they do go, no, um, they do go Indiana since or Indiana, Notre Dame temple who they'll blow out and then UCF. So I don't, I don't completely agree there, but the rest of it's cake after that. They do have to play at Tulane. And then they do. Who else is Tulsa's we're, decent. Tulsa's we're, decent. We're watching that game. Home. We're watching that Tulane game together. We watch it. That's fine. I'll bet on it too. Um, ride the wave, ride the wave. Um, all right. So speaking of small, st- small teams that we, I don't know. I was trying to transition. I, 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 I only have one here for matchup for, for Western Kentucky for the Hilltoppers. I have two. Okay. Um, so I'll do one, you do one, and then we'll finish. So I've got uh, IU running game versus Western Kentucky defensive line. Uh, what that'll do is that'll, that'll neutralize Malone, and they're terrible at run defense, especially since they've lost. I think they lost both of their starting defensive tackles to transfers. I think they brought one kid in, but nothing that was too scary as far as his stats go or where he played. So um, that would really neutralize uh, D'Angelo Malone, my, one of my key players for their team uh, beast of a defensive end take him out of the game run the football control possession put points up shouldn't be a problem like what you said what do you got yeah, yeah it's it's what what did we talk about when you know in the brief amount of times um, that we did do this podcast or the post game is our slow starts you know um, this is a team you don't want to give a sh- you know let that let them hang around and let them think they have a chance um, you know, you don't want to do that. So that's us. That's the key matchup I'm looking at is us versus ourselves. And let's knock them out on the first quarter, go up 10, 17, nothing. And then, you know, cruise to a 31, three win. Um, but you can't do that if it's zero, zero midway through the second. Right. So. That is true. That is true. All right. Uh, my last one is I use defensive backs versus zappy. Um, everything, as I said earlier, everything I've read hints that West Western Kentucky should have a pretty decent passing game. Um, again, transfers from the wide receiver group as well. Um, but they did bring in some people there too. um, shut down the passing game as much as possible, make them run the football. The reason you want them to run the football, they fumbled 17 times last year in a shortened season, 17 times. So yeah, I'd be more nervous if this game was like week one, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. but you know, it, it's week three. We'll have a couple games under week our four, belt. week four, uh, week, week, week three four. of non-conference. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, we would have already played Iowa and Cincinnati. We're ready for big boy football. This um, falls in again with one of those sandwich games, though. One of those sandwich Penn trap State, games. Yeah. Penn State's right after away. This is a night game at for Western Kentucky. Probably their biggest game of the year. I would assume. Um, so we'll see. Based on what I've read, they've got pretty high hopes for this year for their season. Uh, they had a good that's one last not, year. yeah, and that's not based off of of non conference. That's just based off of their conference schedule. They think yes. that they should be able to win the conference, no problem. So, Producer Seth's got something. He's got a rando. We'll save that for Brandon's oh, randos, oh, which oh, is oh. coming up next. After a word from our sponsor and our sponsor, of course. 
is Monon Track Club. Monon Track Club is Indiana's running brand built on a deep love for the sport in the Hoosier State. They craft products, tell stories, and create experiences that aim to celebrate, support, and add to Indiana's running culture. They are back to doing group runs. Check out the Instagram at, I don't know what it is. I think it's at Monon Track Club. I don't know. Follow them. I just saw that they're doing group runs again. It's pretty cool. They get a big group of uh, people together and they go for runs together. Sounds terrible for me. It's um, been so flipping hot out. Yeah. Running outside just seems like it yeah. might be a death sentence for some. Well, yeah. But I mean, if you're like skinny and in shape, that's probably for you. So if you're listening to us, check it out on Instagram. You can also check out the link in the show notes. That'll take you to that uh kind of shindig as well join the club man the monon track club it's at monontrackclub.com you can use promo code leo10 to buy one of their swag pieces and get 10 percent off that's leo10 that's the letters leo and then the numbers one zero so leo10 we'll get you 10 percent off your purchase now on to the part that everybody came to listen to brando's randos with a featuring or with a bonus yeah seth's stuff question let's get it so i i got a few here i got i got four Ooh, um, bonus man three for one on the breakdown and four brandos randos plus a bonus I seth i know um so first a fun one um how how or why did idaho go back to fcs so i th- i think if I'm, if I'm doing a not funny answer I think it was a money situation where they were just losing so much money because they were so bad every year in FBS that they just went back to FCS because they thought they could win games, but instead they go two and four. Do you have an answer or no? Yeah, no, that they're the first team ever to willingly leave the FBS. Um, And they left all for revenue. They weren't playing their rivals anymore. The games weren't competitive. They were just, they were just floundering money. Because Um, wasn't Boise state like a big thing for them? Like Idaho Boise state used to be like a pretty decent game. And then it just becomes, it just became so lopsided for years. Yeah. So just a fun little note. Cause I didn't know they were FCS. I still thought they were FBS. So when I, when when I started doing my research, I was like, how, how the hell they get to FCS? Yeah. Yeah. 20, 2016 or 2017 they chose to go back down which again just hasn't happened yeah so this was a kevin wilson special as well as well as western kentucky idaho was added to the schedule when they were still an fbs team so that's a little a little schedule fun fact Uh, i do not know that for 100 percent fact but that's what i remember um next next um all right so if you had to go play um, at Cincinnati or Western Kentucky, who would you go play for and why? Man. Seth, you can answer as well. I think I'd be a hilltopper. I think I'd be a hilltopper. I just don't like the city of Cincinnati. I don't, I mean, I don't hate it, but I don't like it. And there's something about their stadium being the oldest stadium in the, the country. It just, feels weird i'm gonna go there next year we're going right yeah okay so i i'd be a a hilltopper better chance at winning i think too um like winning conference championships but that's about it 
Seth? Cincinnati for exposure, but I would override location. Uh, I similarly feel have negative thoughts about Cincinnati, so I'd rather be in Western Kentucky. We'd rather we'd rather be in Bowling Green, Kentucky, the home of the Corvette, than be in Cincinnati, Ohio, a major city. That tells you how much we don't like. I'd Cincinnati. rather be any place other <laughs> than Cincinnati. Yes. So you should have just asked us if we would go to Western Kentucky or not. Uh, last Cincinnati has lame uniforms too. The, you know oh, what's yeah, funny? Dude, they do have one uniform, and it's like a throwback uniform where the helmet is white, I want to say, and the jersey is red, and it has like two white stripes over the shoulders with like maybe a black outline on each one. Pretty dope, but they're not going to wear it against us, so we'll be fine. We'll be fine. This question, I think, is going to get you a little worked up like last we week's go. one. Awesome. Um, so who... I think we win this game. I think I think it's uh, going to be a classic. I think we win. Um, but regardless of that, who finishes higher in the polls this year, Cincinnati or Indiana? Because I think it's Cincinnati. I think they're going to go ten and two. And even if IU goes nine and three, or I think probably go eight and four. But late, let's say we go nine and three. I still think nine and three Indiana is below ten and two undefeated conference Cincinnati. I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, I do think they'll trip, especially I think if they lose to us and Notre Dame, their confidence is going to be kind of shit. I disagree. So I, I would will... say, I'm telling you, dude, that two-lane game on the road, not easy. All their tough games, though, are at home. So UCF's at home, Tulsa at home, SMU at home. Yeah. You might be right. I mean, they they've got to they have four non-conference games. I think it's going to be super close. I think a, a ten and two Cincinnati who went literally undefeated ten and zero in conference versus a nine and three Indiana team, um, you know that went six and three in conference. I think I could see them putting Cincinnati ten and us at twelve or thirteen. Well, they would be eight no in conference. Eight and no, sorry, Matt yeah, hard with. Their other non-conference wins being over a bad Miami of Ohio I'm just, team. I'm, I'm telling you right now, Murray we're going to be nine team. and three, and they're going to be ten and two, and they're going to be above us. I'm I don't telling see you it. right now. I don't see. I'm telling it. you, Seth, you're with I'm me. Not, right I'm here. not going to get worked up. I'm not going to do it. I don't see. Frank, it. you got the blinders on, buddy. I don't see it. Mark it. Mark the mark the pod. Not going to happen. Mark I said it. Mark it. All right. All it's right. Marked. All right, Seth, you go ahead with your question. I thought you had four. I do, but I kind of asked a two for one, so I gotta, oh. I gotta, I gotta come up with one because I right. gotta give, I gotta give four. All right, all right, here we go. You guys pushed really hard to try to make I N T E N A N T E N A a thing. N T E N A, it is a thing. Uh, um, so two, I couldn't help. Two of the three out of conference teams heavy on the passing with Cincinnati and Western Kentucky. Do we see a return? Are we are we getting the branding ready? Is it going to be Indiana again? It depends on if rumored off the field issues are solved prior to the beginning of the season. Um, that's all I'm going to say, Brandon. Yeah, no, um, I don't think I think regardless of Kane Womack is here. That was built so much. You know how 
um, the U became the big chain and everyone kind of has their thing. I think Indiana became our thing um, for better or for worse. I think it's kind of lame, but um, regardless, I do think that's our thing. And every time we make an interception from now for at least the next few years, you're going to see it all over the place. So yeah, I, I think, I think it's here to stay for sure. So, um, all right, my last one, and I can't believe I haven't, I di didn't have a Ritter type question. Um, where does Ritter fall in the rank of quarterbacks we're going to be facing this year? Because I think he might be the best quarterback. You got Clifford, the big red dog. No, you you got the freshman or redshirt freshman from Ohio State. Ohio State. You yeah. got five star freshman from Michigan. You have a tight end or something at Purdue. Plumber. Oh, Plumber. Um, Jake's, so, you know, Jake's kid or something. When when unrelated. <laughs> When, when you say that, I think Ritter, in my mind, is the best quarterback IU will face all year. Because you know Probably. my feelings on Clifford, the big red dog. What about the kid at – man, no, we don't we don't like him. We kind of made fun of his stats last week. Tua's brother's not that good. Not him. No, I'm talking about the kid at Iowa. Petrus, everybody everybody no. likes him. Petrus stinks. Minnesota's quarterback, Tanner, whatever his name is, Tanner Morgan. That's really the only Michigan. Are they going to pull somebody out or no? Same kid. No, they, they have a five-star stud. Um, I think he was well, like, I think Joe 15. something was a, a five-star. He was, he was too. He, he was, was too. garbage. He was no garbage. Offense. I'm sure he's a nice kid. Milton. Yeah. Um, Joe Milton from last year. Yeah, probably. I'm telling but, you, I, mean, I think that's, that's the biggest, that second, scary? that's the it's second the biggest best. game of the year. And it's, it's the best quarterback we're going to play all year. Yeah. That's scary. I think that's the biggest game of the year. I'm going to say that. I'll say And here's why I say that. Here's why I say that. If they win that game, I don't think... How do I say this right? Because I, I obviously Ohio State is super scary and it's a huge game. I don't think it's as intimidating. If you beat Iowa, you roll Idaho, you beat Cincinnati at home, you're 3-0... and Two ranked teams. You got to go to Penn State. I, it doesn't matter if they're if we beat them last year or not, or if they're not that great. Penn they're State at home is a completely different animal. Yeah, completely different. We animal. almost got them two years ago, though. We did. If Shane Wynn doesn't get concussed and they don't call anything. Yeah. Um. Well, they didn't call anything. I think it's the biggest game of the year until the next game, <laughs> if that makes sense. No, I'm terrified, man. I, I almost wish I didn't do this podcast because oh, like, initially I was like, oh, they just have a good quarterback. Yeah, it's fine. No. Sell your tickets. Sell your tickets. Uh-oh. I, I think if you guys lose to Iowa, it's your biggest game of the year because if you guys are one and two. You have to have that. Yeah, you got to have it. Dude, we're we're going to beat Iowa by a bucket. Bazooka. Dude, the Idaho tickets, according to IU's website, are starting at $318. Oh, sorry. That's for the full season. Never mind. Thanks, IU. Never uh, mind. All right, man. Uh, do you have anything else? That's all I got. Uh, no, that's it. Other than next week, we will be covering at Penn State. That's the next one on the schedule. So um, get ready for that pod. 
And uh, I also sure hate to- Penn State. I grew up in Western Pennsylvania, um, so I grew up as a Pitt fan hating Penn State. So yes, a lot of energy next yes. week. Now negative yeah. energy next well, week. You're gonna give a lot of negative energy, or you're just going to be yourself, myself. Yeah, as always. Well, be sure to check out the pod on Facebook and Twitter. It's Facebook. Love everyone. Love yes. everyone. <laughs> Facebook.com backslash podcast LEO. And on Twitter, it's at podcast LEO. Um, uh, also, follow, download, rate, review, re-download, re-rate, re-review, back and forth, unfollow, follow back. I'm trying to get this stuff. thing under an hour. We're so close. We're so close. We're, We're almost so done. Close We're almost done. We're almost done. Um, and that's all I've got. So check us out. Uh, you guys have been so cool on Twitter uh, this last week. Let's keep it going. Keep the momentum up. We're going to get a guest on here very, 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 very soon. Maybe next week. Uh, until then, we'll talk to you later. Elio. 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 He said it. Elio. Awesome day. Elio. Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate that. Elio. All right. Great. Elio. Appreciate you guys. Elio. You're welcome, Dave. Have a great day. Elio. Have a great day. Elio. Appreciate you being here with us. Have an awesome day. And Elio. Oh, thank you so much. Elio. Well, thanks so much, Elio. Hey, thanks so much, Mike. Appreciate that. Elio. Appreciate you guys, man. Have an awesome day. Elio. Awesome. Elio. Elio.